By now, you know that every detail in a dream means something. Today, we'll look at modes of transportation in dreams to see what meanings we can uncover based on how your dream self is getting around. From airplanes and cars crashing to tiny helicopters, unsuccessful flights to China to blocked tunnels on city streets, I'll show you how to make sense of the language of dreams. Hello, and welcome to The Stuff of Dreams. I'm your host, Amy Lawson, MD, practicing pediatrician. I also have a master's degree in depth psychology, specifically in Jungian and archetypal studies. My goal is to connect you with your dreams in a more fun and meaningful way so that you can interpret the messages your unconscious is sending. This week, I have a collection of transportation dreams for you so that we can go over ways that your dream self gets around and why the unconscious might have chosen one method versus another. For example, cars are very common motifs in dreams, and I think we've talked before about how they sometimes represent our persona or our ego, how we present ourselves to the world and how we move around in the world showing that part of ourself that we use to get things done. But if we're in a car and driving it, that has a very different feel than if, say, your dream self was on a bus sitting in the back being driven around. The car image of being the driver is active. The bus image of just being a passenger is much more passive. It might signify that you're feeling like you're not quite in control of where you're being driven or that you're comfortable using a public mode of transportation instead of wanting to be very individual and go your specific places in your specific car. So that's just an idea of the different flavors that transportation can give to a dream. So I have three dreams from Reddit for you today and then one of my own. And as always, I only use dreams with the dreamer's permission. Let's get right to the first dream. It comes from a female dreamer and here it is. I'm holding on to the wing of an airplane flying through the sky. I'm terrified. I can see that the plane is going to crash, so I dive into the ocean below. From the water, I look up to see the plane above me crashing down, and I need to swim fast to get away. Freeze frame, rewind. Now, from the water, I look up to see a helicopter is crashing. The rotor blades are spinning towards me to chop me. I need to swim fast to escape. Again, I'm terrified and swimming hard. Freeze frame, rewind again. From far above, I see that the helicopter is in fact a scale model suspended from a string. I am curious and confused. I wake up. Now's the time to pause if you'd like to try interpreting for yourself. All right, so even that first image of the dream is quite powerful, isn't it? The dreamer is holding onto the wing of an airplane that's flying up high above the ocean. So she's not a passenger inside the plane. She's on the wing, hanging on precariously. And the plane is far above the ocean, and the ocean often represents the unconscious, as does any water, dragging a terrified dreamer on its wing through the sky. This seems like an image of the dreamer being caught up in something powerful, right? The airplane has a lot of power. It can fly very high and go very fast, much faster than she in her human body could. So she's being pulled along, moved along way up high by something big and powerful, but that she's not in control of. That's what I get from that first image. Then she says she can see that the plane's going to crash. And so instead of crashing with the plane, she dives into the ocean below. And once she's in the water, she looks up and is afraid that the plane is going to crash down right on her. So she has to swim fast to get away. 
This too feels to me kind of like an out-of-control image. Planes don't usually crash. They're usually pretty safe. And although she dived into the ocean and the ocean is vast, the plane is going to crash right where she landed and she has to swim to get away. This feels like impending danger. It feels like being threatened by something way larger than yourself. So at first she was up high, she was flying high, she was inflated maybe, and then she had to dive back down to ground level, to sea level, into the ocean in order to try to protect herself. But even doing that, she's still threatened by the crashing plane. Just diving into the unconscious, into the water of the ocean, isn't enough. She's got to move to the right location to be safe. And then it's interesting that in between the three scenes from this dream, she doesn't just say, we move to a new scene. She says that the dream seemed to freeze frame and then rewind. So it's like the unconscious is showing her three different versions of the same thing or three different options of something. That freeze frame rewind motif seems to really make us compare the circumstances in each dream to each other rather than just seeing them as like successive scenes in a movie. So when the second version of the dream starts, she's already in the water and she looks up to see that a helicopter is crashing and she's worried that the spinning rotor blades are going to hurt her. So again, she has to swim away to escape and she's afraid. So one of the only main differences between this and the first is that it's a helicopter instead of a plane. What could we maybe make of that? Well, a helicopter is smaller, doesn't hold as many people, doesn't have as much power, it can't go as fast, and it can't fly as high. So it just seems like it's still something dangerous and out of control that's larger than her body and could damage her. But it's not quite as overtly terrifying and powerful as that big airplane, which was probably flying way higher and way faster than the helicopter could. That's the flavor that I get from it anyway. And then Freeze Frame Rewind, the third version of the scene, switches her perspective. And now she feels like she's seeing things from far above. And she sees that the helicopter is in fact just a small scale model suspended from a string. So now she's not afraid, she's curious and confused, and she wakes up. Do you feel the, the progression like I do? I feel like it's a progression from a really big airplane to a smaller real world helicopter to a tiny scale model helicopter. It feels like we're moving from really big to almost toy-like small. And by the third scene, the transportation, the scale model helicopter, isn't dangerous anymore. So this feels like the unconscious is giving this succession of images in order to stress that something that seems really frightening and dangerous and scary, like being on the wing of a flying airplane and then worrying it's going to crash on you, is actually not so bad because it morphs into a scale model helicopter with her looking down from above, having a bigger perspective, having more of a big picture, bird's eye view perspective of the scene where she can see that the helicopter is just suspended from a string. It's not big enough for its rotors to hurt her. And so I wonder if the message is that something that she seems really close to, that seems really big and powerful and dangerous, is in fact not so much if she can take the right perspective and see it for what it is. I was lucky enough to have a great back and forth with this dreamer through a Reddit chat, and so I have a lot of her thoughts about the dream too. 
For her, she was relating the dream to her career during COVID because at her pre-pandemic job, she says she was high flying and in charge of a lot of things and flying for work every couple of weeks. Whereas she thinks the last part about the scale model helicopter refers more to her current remote working situation where she's not out in the world traveling. Her world has gotten much smaller. And she mentions that the images of being in the ocean are like taking refuge in her unconscious and in her dreams and her inner life during this confusing time. She also likened the three scenes to the stages of her work life because she says in her former job, she was in a senior and stressful role in a company. So there was a lot that was out of her control in terms of the direction the company was going. So that feels like being on that wing of the airplane being dragged along but not being in charge of where it's going. She thought about leaving, she says, but then she thought, no, I've done a lot of good work here, so why should I leave? And then she likens the second image to the point where she thinks she started maneuvering more, being a little more strategic, and thinking that her time with the company might be coming to an end. So maybe that's the helicopter stage. The helicopter's still big and is menacing her, but she's not in the helicopter. It's not carrying her along anymore. And then finally, she says she was made redundant just immediately before COVID kicked off. And so now she's restarted her own company and is doing some contract work, which feels flimsy and insecure compared to the huge projects and responsibilities that she had before. But she says, it's what I can do right now. So that's it. And yes, it's remote work now, too. So that feels like the image of the the toy helicopter where, again, her life has gotten smaller in a few ways. She also says maybe there was an element of out of control elevation too, almost like I got so high I was doomed to fall out of control and come tumbling back to earth. So isn't that fascinating? In just a succession of three scenes that really have pretty simple imagery in them, her unconscious was able to capture what had been going on in her life over the past few months. Not only the scope of it and the scale of it, but her emotions and how she was feeling about it. She moved from being afraid when she was working for the high-power job to being curious and confused when she realized the helicopter was a toy, which might also describe her feelings about starting her own company and being on her own with contract work. So I do appreciate that back and forth we were able to have, and we got a lot more out of the dream that way. So hope you enjoyed that one. Here's our next dream. It's from a 17-year-old female. I had a dream I was alone, driving my boyfriend's car. He's my ex now, but in the dream, I thought I was still dating him. I see people turning around at a stop sign, and I was like, I don't know why they're doing that, because I need to turn right. So I get to the intersection and turn right, and there's three people standing blocking the road. They're dressed in tan hazmat suits, and I scream and turn the car around as quickly as I can. Then I start driving away, but I'm so scared that I crash the car. Then I remember waking up in the dream to them cleaning the car parts, and I was freaking out, crying, asking for the car back because it wasn't even my car, and they didn't care. They said I could buy another car that they had for sale, and I was screaming I didn't have money, and I knew they were going to scam me. So I call my boyfriend, and he's like, WTF, and he's trying to figure out what to do. Then I call my dad, and he tells me to just give in to the scam, and it's not his problem. And I was crying. And then I woke up. So we'll get into more of the details in a minute, but even just stripping those away and looking at the transportation in the dream, the dreamer isn't driving her own car, she's driving her boyfriend's car. 
and she knows where she needs to go, but the path is blocked by people. Even just that much should tell you something about the meaning of this dream. She's not driving her own car, so she's not moving around the world in a way that's deeply true to herself. She's in more of a masculine role or driving this boyfriend's car. And she's not able to get where she needs to go because the road is blocked. So there's probably something like that dynamic going on for her where she wants to get somewhere, but she has to borrow a car because she doesn't have her own and the path is blocked. It's also interesting that the way she wants to turn is right. She remembers that and includes the detail that she wanted to turn right and then did, but that's when the path was blocked. And I wonder if the word right has multiple meanings here, because perhaps this is a message about her wanting to do something right, wanting to be in the right, wanting to do something correctly, and the path being blocked for some reason. So then let's add in the next detail. What's the path blocked by? It's blocked by people in hazmat suits. Well, in the time of COVID and pandemic, that makes sense to me. Perhaps she's just feeling blocked by the circumstances of the pandemic happening. I suppose there's other things that hazmat suits could represent, too. I mean, in general, they just mean something dangerous, something contagious, something that could harm us or kill us. And in the dream, she's afraid of the people in the hazmat suits, so she screams and turns the car around as quickly as possible and starts to drive away, but because of her fear, she crashes the car. This may be a metaphor, too, that in trying to get away from the blocked path or in trying to get away from some danger she's perceiving in her life, she's behaving recklessly. She's crashing her car. She's causing damage to her container because she's acting with so much fear and panic. So once she comes to and realizes she's been in an accident, she sees the hazmat suit people cleaning the car parts. And that's really interesting because wouldn't you think that people in hazmat suits would be more interested in saving people than in inanimate objects like car parts? To me, that's an image of really not feeling cared for or valued that these people's job should be to clean the environment somehow and save people's lives, but they're more worried about the car she crashed than her. She's crying and asking for the car back because it's not even her car, and the people in hazmat suits don't care. They just say, you can buy another car that we have for sale, but she knows she doesn't have enough money for that and that it's going to be a scam. So she's feeling like this is a bait-and-switch kind of thing. Perhaps there are circumstances in her life going on right now where she feels like people are taking advantage of her or trying to trick her somehow. And so what does she do? Well, of course, she calls in her support system. She calls her boyfriend on the phone and he's like, what's going on? And trying to help her figure out what to do. So at least he's acknowledging the fact that this is a problem, but he doesn't really seem to give her very many answers. So then she calls her dad. So she calls someone older who is supposed to be a much more supportive presence. Her parents supposed to take care of her. And he tells her to just give in to the scam. It's not his problem. And that is a serious image of not being supported, right? I mean, what's your parents' job if it's not to help you when you're in trouble? And so that seems like an image of 
her not getting the help she needs somehow? Does the father in her dream represent her father in real life? Maybe. Does it represent some more masculine part of her that's trying to take care of her? Maybe. But either way, she's not feeling like she has people she can reach out to for help that she can count on. It's probably quite appropriate that you can hear traffic sounds in the background for this episode. It's super hot here. We have to have our doors and windows open. So even though I'm recording in my closet, you can still hear all that noise. But hey, it's a transportation episode. So maybe this is just like a soundtrack to get you in the mood. Okay, so putting it all together, metaphorically speaking, in this dream, she's driving a borrowed car. She can't follow the path that she wants. The path is blocked by people in hazmat suits who are not concerned for humans. They're only concerned for the car she damages. And then she tries calling her boyfriend and her father, neither of whom help her with this issue either. So I would ask where that's going on in her life that she's feeling blocked and unsupported. So I floated that interpretation to her and... Her response was, OMG, a ton of this makes so much sense. Thank you so much. So we were on the right track, even though we didn't get any details, but that's okay. I think this is a really clear dream in terms of its imagery. And so that's why I thought it would be a good example for you guys. Okay, on to our third dream. So for months now, I've had very similar dreams at least a couple of times a month. The dreams are never exactly the same, but almost the same theme, I guess. Every time, I'm basically on my way to China. From the dreams that I can remember, I've never actually made it there. Sometimes I'm going by myself, while other times I'm planning and packing with a friend, but we eventually get separated. In some dreams, there's too much traffic on the way to the airport, or I'm in an Uber that gets lost, or I forget to pack something and have to wait in a long line to buy the thing I forgot at a store in the airport before takeoff. I've only made it on the plane once, but I woke up before actually getting to the destination. In the dream where I finally made it onto the plane, the plane had a very strange setup, like a plane from the 60s or something, very roomy, and seats far apart. For some reason, on the plane, I had suddenly become a nanny to a kid whose parents were only like two seats away. And even though I finally made it onto the plane that time, that dream was a couple of months ago, and I've had more dreams since then where I don't even get to the plane, let alone China. I'm just looking for other perspectives as to what this may all mean. I'm kind of at a loss since to me it just all feels so random, but also not since it keeps happening. Like, China is cool and I'd love to see the Great Wall one day, but it's never been super high on my list of places to go or see. My fiancé thinks it has more to do with the fact that I recently went back to school to change careers, but I don't really see the connection. If it helps, I'm a 27-year-old female, and I went to college once already. I got my bachelor's, but it was basically useless. I got tired of waiting around to figure out what I really want to do, and finally just decided to go back to community college, and I'm currently working towards a job in healthcare. All right, so you can probably sense a little bit of the same feeling as the last dream with the blocked path, because in this series of dreams, she's always trying to get to China, but she never actually makes it there. She tells us that she doesn't have any major associations with China. It's not like it's a huge life goal that she wants to get there before anywhere else. So what does China represent? Well, I don't know where she's from for sure, but it seems like it's probably in the Western Hemisphere. And so I think that China for her probably just represents something very different than her current home and lifestyle. I think the point of China is probably that it's other, that it has a different hemisphere, a different culture, different values. So I think it just represents something new and different. 
But the main point of this series of dreams seems to be that even though she has a very clear idea of what her destination is, she can never get there. She mentions times where she can't get to the airport because there's too much traffic or the Uber gets lost or she's forgotten to pack something and has to wait in a long line. And all of those things have in common just the feeling of a blocked path, right? Circumstances are keeping her from getting to this new destination. And when you have recurring dreams like this, even if the details are different, but the motif is the same, it's your unconscious talking about something really important. It's a message that it wants to tell you over and over again because it doesn't feel like you're maybe getting the point. And so I would say that her unconscious is trying to point out to her that there's some destination in her life that she knows of, even if it does seem new and different for her, and that she's feeling really blocked from that, apart from that, like there's too many things in the way, too many impediments to her really reaching her goal. I think the dream where she does make it onto the plane is interesting because she tells us that it seems like a plane from the 60s, very roomy and seats that are far apart. So that feels very welcoming and cozy, right? It kind of gets you thinking, oh, maybe she's going to get there this time because there's no big impediments and she's already on this really comfortable, roomy plane. So what happens that time? Well, she suddenly has become a nanny to a child whose parents are a few seats away. What do you think the child represents? To me, I usually think of dream figures as parts of the dreamer himself or herself. And so I think that this child likely represents some less mature part of her or possibly some kind of issues or baggage from childhood that she is having to be the nanny for metaphorically, that she's having to take care of. So perhaps this means that when she does get further along the path of reaching this goal, whatever it is, getting to China, that stuff from her childhood starts to crop up and causes her to have to be responsible for that instead of herself. She has to take care of the child and do her job being a nanny rather than just focusing on her own journey. Can we match any of this with the details that she gave us on the original post? I think so, because it sounds like she's in the middle of a big change in her life, right? She already went to college once, but she hasn't been able to use that degree and spent a lot of time trying to figure out what she really wanted to do. And now she has decided to go back to community college and work toward a job in healthcare. Maybe that's the China for her, finding a new life goal or going back to school to learn something new. So I think these dreams are her unconscious wanting her to acknowledge that she's on the way somewhere or she's beginning the process of trying to get somewhere. But there are going to be a lot of obstacles along the way and new stuff's going to come up during the journey that she has to take care of before she can go further, symbolized by being a nanny to that child. So here's her reply to me. Wow, thank you so much for the detailed analysis. It makes a lot more sense the way you explained it. I think you might be right. It's just so weird to think about how complex the brain is that it can take one thing and turn it into something that can seem totally unrelated. I agree. That's why we have to learn to decode our dreams. The point you made about the nannying part of the dream was really interesting as well. I'm going to try to be more conscious of the things that may be pointing to in waking life. The only thing that worries me about this kind of interpretation would be that I never reach my destination. The pessimist in me automatically wants to assume that if these are all related, that means I'm doing the wrong thing since I never make it. Or maybe I'm just totally overthinking it. Thanks again. 
I don't think you're overthinking it, but I don't think that this series of dreams means that you're never going to get there. I mean, the dreams are saying you haven't yet, but you know that in your real life. And to me, the fact that this recurring theme of the dreams is so strong that you're always trying to get to China, trying to get to China, you know where you want to go, you're trying to get to China, means that you do have that motivation and that direction and that confidence in your goal. So now the point is just you've got to shape your life so that you can get there. So I don't think this is a discouraging series of dreams at all. I think it's just reflecting where you are right now and you're not to China yet. But here's hoping that you get there and get to see the Great Wall, whatever that might mean for you. All right, here's a dream that I had a little over a year ago when I was really thinking about whether or not I wanted to start somatic therapy and trying to reconnect with myself through my body and not just my mind. Here's the dream. Scott and I are on our way home to our condo. We're getting ready to head through the Broadway tunnel, which in real life, you have to go through that to get to our place, but it's closed for construction. In the dream, there's no way to go around or even over, so I have to go down even further below the tunnel to get home. I'm handicapped in the dream too, like right now in real life, after my foot surgery and being on my knee scooter. And I know I can't do the stairs down below the tunnel, so I have to go down this concrete car ramp that then becomes steeper and steeper until I'm sliding down it, and then it's covered in thick dirt, and I'm digging my hands into the dirt to try to slow my speed. It's scary, but I'm okay at the bottom. But then I have to climb up on the other side of the tunnel to get out, and I know I can't do it. I'm scared, and I'm crying. A smiling, round, middle-aged woman is just above me, coaxing me up the steep slope. And it changes from a slope to slats that I have to climb like a ladder. I know I can't do this either, especially with my foot, but she coaxes me up one step at a time, somehow using her body and having me step on her feet or her legs with every step so that I'm not afraid of the ladder because it feels like I'm just climbing her body and she's taking care of me. I hadn't thought about this dream in a long time, but I found it as I was looking for dreams of something transportation related and... It makes me take a big sigh because, yeah, there's a lot in there. So, at the beginning of the dream, Scott and I are in our car and we're trying to get home. So I'm with my partner or I'm with the masculine side of myself in the car that we've been driving around in the world. And I want to go home, which symbolizes me, my center, my psyche, the place where I'm most comfortable. So to get home, we have to go through this tunnel that's what the road goes through. But the tunnel is closed for construction. So again, we have a blocked path. I can't drive my car along the usual street in order to get home to where I'm comfortable again. But unlike in real life, where you could just go around or go over the hill on top of the tunnel, in the dream, there's no way around. The only way to get past the tunnel is to go even further down, to go underneath the tunnel. And that's quite symbolic because it means I have to dig deeper. It means I've got to go more deeply into my psyche, more deeply into the unconscious and do some work there so that I can bypass the tunnel and get to the other side. Interestingly, it's not always true, but in the dream, I'm in the same physical condition as I was back then in real life, which is that I'd had a big foot surgery and I couldn't walk. So I was on a knee scooter. 
And so that made it so that I couldn't just, you know, walk down some steps, walk through underneath the tunnel and go back up. Everything was much harder. And isn't that the story of the last couple of years of my life? I had that foot surgery, got a little bit better, and then I ended up breaking my ankle again and was back where I started on the other side. So definitely my my path has been blocked physically in the last couple of years. But um, I think it also is just showing that, that there's a relation between the tunnel being blocked and my physical condition. There's a relationship between my injuries and my physical wounds and my ability to get back home to myself. I think this dream is saying, even in those first parts, yeah, you got to work on this physical stuff. You're not going to be home until you deal with it. And so then there's the actual images of going down. I can't do the steps, so I'm going to try to go down this ramp, but it's so steep that I start sliding and then falling. And at first the ramp is concrete, so that feels very man-made. But as I slide and get deeper, it turns into this really thick dirt and I can feel it. It feels like that cool, moist, really rich soil. And I'm digging my hands in, trying to slow myself so that I don't slide too quickly. I think that change from concrete to dirt is interesting because it's like going deeper into the earth and moving from the artificial to the real moving from the world of man-made scientific stuff to the grounded Mother Earth world of thick, rich, fertile soil. I have to get down where everything is more fertile and ready to grow. So once I get down, I've got to get up the other side. And I feel really blocked because I know I can't do this physically. I mean, sure, I could fall down deeper. Gravity helped me with that. But how in the world was I going to climb back up with my bad foot? So I was scared and I was crying. And that makes a lot of sense because when I have to deal with these physical things, with not being whole and complete in my body, it is scary and it is sad. And a lot of times I just try to ignore that because, hey, I've got my knee scooter. I mean, I know how to shop for my own groceries. I can load it in my car. I know how to drive with it. I, I was pretty independent, even though, of course, Scott took care of a lot of things. But when I'm down at the bottom, even underneath the tunnel, I know that I don't have the capability to get myself back up and out. And then appears this smiling, happy, warm, round, middle-aged woman who just feels, at first I was going to say motherly, but she doesn't have anything to do with my mother. She just feels female and soft and supportive. And she's trying to coax me up this steep slope. She's trying to convince me I can do it. And the slope changes into like a ladder, like with wooden slats for rungs that I have to climb. And I still know that I can't do that. But somehow she's like on one side of the ladder and I'm on the other. And in that way that dreams make sense, even though we can't really understand how it would physically make sense when we're awake. It just made sense that somehow I was able to climb her body and use her body to get myself up and out of the ground and back closer to my home. And so I think that makes it pretty clear that my unconscious thought the way I was going to do some unconscious work and pull myself back up and deal with some of my physical issues was through the somatic, through the body, not the mind. And I ended up finding a somatic therapist soon after that. 
And we've been working together since then. And it's been really interesting to do some psychological therapy stuff that's more based on what I feel in my body and locating emotions and things in my body rather than just rationally what I'm thinking with my mind. It's definitely made me more aware of the mind-body connection than I used to be and probably has even affected my patient care to some degree because I do talk to my patients with depression and anxiety who have psychosomatic symptoms about that connection. And when I see people who are having these physical symptoms that aren't explained by any true disease and they tell me, no, I don't think I'm a worrier, even as the mothers behind them, like with big eyes, like don't listen to them. We talk about how sometimes when the mind won't acknowledge something, then the body does something to try to force us to acknowledge what's going on. Hmm, you see how I just managed to take that from talking about me to talking about my patients? Yeah, that's a little more <laughs> a little more comfortable for me apparently. But back to the topic, I think the strong message of my unconscious to me in that dream is that my way is blocked by some things and I can't get my car through. I can't get my ego or my persona through. And so I have to dig deeper down to that layer of natural earth. And then I have to climb up the other side using my support system, which includes this feminine, very in her body character who is actually physically supporting my body with her body. My dream was clearly steering me towards somatic therapy, I think. And that's the show on transportation, accompanied by the soundtrack of all the traffic on Broadway, right outside our condo. In the next episode, I'm going to examine some images of violence in dreams, and I'm also recording some mini-sodes on dream groups, the inner self, and the mind-body connection, so watch out for those. You can email me directly with dreams or comments, and please do, at stuffofdreamspodcast at gmail.com. Head on over to my website at stuffofdreams.fireside.fm to find show notes and links. Thank you so much for listening, and if you liked it, I encourage you to tell a friend about it this week. Let's get more people fluent in the language of dreams. Bye for now, and I hope you dream tonight. Tonight.